All right, I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. That is correct. Learning through adversity. Preacher, isn't there an easier way? Let me give you the answer. No. There's not. There's not. Philippians chapter 1. How many is there? See, if you'll notice, this preacher don't... uh, He don't throw all the uh, scriptures up on the screen for you to read. You need to bring your Bible if you're going to follow along. The moment I start throwing all the scriptures up there, people are going to just forget about bringing their Bible. Bring your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, look off the real Christian next to you. (laughs) Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 Only let your conversation, and as we have seen, both on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, that word conversation is not so much your talk. The Greek word is about your walk, how you're walking before your fellow man. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs and how you are doing, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Did you see the word striving? Can you say the word striving with me? Striving. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, can you say adversaries? which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Can you say the word suffer? Suffer. You can already tell this is going to be a shouting message, can't you? (laughs) Shouting, happy, clappy message. Having the same conflict, can you say the word conflict, Mm. which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Father, I ask and pray that you would heighten the awareness of every person that's here. I'm praying, God, that this word today would not fall upon hard ground, but, Lord, it would fall upon fertile ground, ground that's ready to receive of that seed Lord, we ask and pray that you would quieten every baby, that you would help us all, Lord God, to hone in on what your word will be today. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Paul, Crete is too difficult of an assignment. The people here are unruly. They're gossips. They're deceivers. They're always talking. There are false teachers here. They are liars. They are beastly. 
They are lazy. They are gluttons and hypocrites. I am here because you want me to be here, but please, Paul, don't make me stay. Signed, Titus. Dear Titus, hold fast to the faithful word that you have been taught, that you may be able by sound doctrine both exhort and to convince the gainsayers and the naysayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Under the pure, all things are pure, but under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being disobedient unto every good work. They are reprobate. Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Signed, Paul. Titus, Crete needs you. Titus, you need Crete. And that's where we come to this right here. Learning through adversity. In Titus chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, Paul's word to Titus is that you should set in order. You should fix things, Titus. Let me tell you the most fulfilled people that I know. It's people who fix things. Frank Taylor lives a fulfilling life. Well, of course he does. He's married to joy. <laughs> Frank Taylor, every day of his life, fixes things. Dr. Moult lives a fulfilling life. Every day, he's fixing things. Sean Johnston over at the Fairfield branch, is very fulfilled because what his job is, he fixes cars and makes them look, as they've been crashed, look brand new. God is telling, through Paul, to tell Titus, you're never going to be happy if you run from the assignment that you've been given. There could have been easier assignments for him to go to, but Paul said, stay right there and set things in order. There have been conflicts and adversities when I began pastoring Orchardville Church, but I've learned through adversity. 
And one of the things I've learned through adversity is this. Don't run. Don't run. I knew when we started Centralia Branch, I knew it, that there would be conflict and adversity. There was. It did not blindside me. I knew that was going to happen. You know, anybody got the idea, the willy-nilly idea that, oh, if you're doing something for God, everything will turn out easy, greasy, and you'll never have a bad day, and everything will be just running smooth and right. Tell that to Paul. Tell that to Jesus. You know, I have people from time to time will tell me, well, you know, preacher, what would, what would Jesus do in that situation? Basically, what I get from that more times than not is that, preacher, if you wasn't so rude and crude, and if you would read Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people, you wouldn't get a lot of this flack that you get. Tell that to Jesus. Every day of his life, people called him illegitimate. They called him a heretic. They said the Roman government feared that he was too dangerous to live. And yet that guy pressed on every single day. And if you think again that everything is going to be primrose and nice and cozy, you got another thing coming. Years ago, there at King's Church, they would... What a crazy way to do things, but, but they would let people uh, uh, take control of the Wednesday night service and, and just basically anybody that wanted to. And if you wanted to get a speaker, you got this speaker and you got this thing and you know, did all this. And here's the deal. I felt like after praying and fasting about it, while we always turned to at, at King's Church, if you had a song, you, you, you got up there and sing. And if you didn't have a song, we begged you until you had a song. Well, I don't know. I'd have to go out in the car and get my music. Well, go out there in the car and get your music. Oh, here they go. Oh, I, I didn't do it that way. I got, I got the preacher I wanted to preach, and he preached. I got the singers that I felt that ought to be singing that night, and I had three singers. And after the service was over, I had a guy come up to me. Well... My uncle was here from Missouri, and he didn't get to sing. I said, well, I fasted and prayed about it, and this is really how I felt we ought to do it tonight. You miss God, because if you really heard from God, nobody would have got their feelings hurt. How many knows that's stupid? People every day while Jesus lived 33 years of his life, you watch it, the Pharisees were offended at what he had to say. I'm offended by that. And for me to stop what I'm going to do because somebody's offended, wrong answer. I have learned through adversity, you just keep going forward is what you do. Preacher, how do I avoid conflict and adversity? It's easy. Do nothing and be nothing. Amen. If you want to live like that, somebody will slap you. <laughs> you do something for God and immediately there will be conflict and adversaries coming your way. 
I've learned this through personal experience, and I've learned this through the good old book, and I looked at the life of Nehemiah, and that man, what God called him to do was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down, and that guy did it, and there were conflict and adversaries and adversities every single day, but he didn't stop, and he got the job done. Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah, three guys that came against Nehemiah. And first, they made fun of him, and that will always be while the devil will do it. First, they'll laugh at you. And then they threatened Nehemiah. They laughed at him, Nehemiah kept on building. They threatened his life, he kept on building. They threatened the worker's life. Nehemiah encouraged them. They were discouraged. He encouraged them. And what happened? They kept on building. They threatened Nehemiah's life again. And what happened? Nehemiah kept on building. And Nehemiah said, when his people, his entourage said, you need to not work on the building, you go into the temple, and there you can be safe. And I love what this guy said. Should such a man as I flee, no way I ain't doing it. I like that. Well, if, if you think that'd be best, I'll go ahead and I'll hide. No, this guy was a man. He knew the next morning he'd going to have to shave. And men, tomorrow morning when you're shaving, you ought to look yourself in the mirror and say, should such a man as I flee? Ladies, when you're looking in the mirror tomorrow morning, hopefully not to shave, but to put on your makeup, you need to ask yourself the question, should such a woman as I flee? Not going to do it. Not going to do it. You're as great, hear this, if you forget everything else, remember this. You're as great as what it takes to stop you. You need to get your dictionary and the words quit and compromise, mark both of them out. You can find it. They're both in the letter K. <laughs> and those that's not laughing, you, 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 need, you need help. What's it take to stop you? Somebody being critical of you, is that what it takes to stop you? You're as great as what it takes to stop you. Someone gossiping against you, is that going to stop you? You're as great as what it takes to stop you. Some Christians I know, they come into church and they're hooping and hollering and shouting one, day, one week and the next week you see them and they're about to step on their bottom lip. Sad but true. Let me tell you something. Poochy lippers make poor Christians. <laughs> Poochie lippers make poor Christians. Learn through adversity. Know that there are going to be some tough times, but you continue walking on. My mom may name me Mark Howard Shell, much to my dismay. 
My grandpa named him after Grandpa Warren, and Warren, he hated that word Howard, and he said, Iris, why did you name the boy Howard? And then the vault, we had a guy at Wayne City named Handsome Howard, and he wasn't that handsome, and then <laughs> that kind of got stuck around my neck, and it's like, what'd you... If I had to do over again, my name would be Mark Nehemiah Shell, is what it'd be. Keep on going forward no matter what happens. I've got something here. And we've got the papers for the signatures. Anybody and everybody that wants to sign it, we're going to send this to the Chick-fil-A Corporation there in, I think it's in Atlanta. Dear Mr. Kathy, in light of the recent media frenzy due to your stance in support of traditional marriage, the people of Orchardville Church would like to offer you our encouragement and support. We appreciate your Christian values and your fearless approach in, sta in stating those values to others. We also acknowledge that Christian love and impartiality is shown to your employees and customers who do not hold to your same beliefs. It is wonderful to hear and see on the news reports how your employees were not reactive to the negativity surrounding this event and acted with dignity in the face of such vicious intolerance of your Christian stance. Many times, we Christians do not stand up for the Word of God. We just walk away for fear of what others will think. It can be shocking at times to see how our culture reacts to anyone who clearly states the Word of God isn't that true. I'll break the news, I'll break the news to you right here. Most of the mainline, the mainstream media would look at us as kooks because they're so smart. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord has called us to be bold and has promised to be with us in our times of trial. Again, it has been inspiring to see you and your company stand firm in the face of such attacks, and your actions and that of your employees have not gone unnoticed. We are praying that the Lord will continue to give you strength and courage to do his will and continue to bless your business like never before. Our closest Chick-fil-A is approximately 60 miles away, but you can be sure that our church family will eat at Chick-fil-A as often as we are near one. God bless you, Pastor Mark Shell, Orchardville Church. And don't you know when they receive this, they're going to say, 60 miles away from the nearest Chick-fil-A, where do these people live? But we ask you to sign that. It'll be there out there. In, and I know it'll take some time for everybody to sign. But as many as will, we appreciate that signature. Show me. Yep. Show me what it takes to stop you. And it will reveal what kind of person you are. Demas. Forsakes. The man of God, Judas, sells out Jesus for a bag of money. David saw a UFO. And everybody looked up here at me. An unclad female object. First UFO ever. 
and that stopped him. John Mark became homesick. Rehoboam only gets advice from his buddies. How stupid's that? Solomon sells out for a pretty face. Korah criticizes leadership. Jezebel imposes her will. Ahab, her husband, lets her do it. Jonah runs from God. And Samson was stopped by Chanel number five. <laughs> What's it take to stop you? See, it's not, it's not how well you can sing. It's what it take to stop you. It's not how good of a sermon a guy can preach, but what's it take to stop him? That's what it's all about. It's not how talented you are, but what's it take to stop you? Well, my feelings got hurt, and you don't know how he was treating me. Preacher looked right through me and didn't shake my hand. He shook somebody else's hand, and I know it's because they pay more tithes than I pay, and I just quit. What's it take to stop you? Not how much charisma you got, but it's what's it take to stop you? The Babylonian Empire couldn't stop Daniel. The Persian Empire that we've been looking at through Liz Moog's teaching, the Persian Empire couldn't stop Esther. The Roman Empire couldn't stop Paul. Wow. A giant couldn't stop David, and the Red Sea couldn't stop Moses, and a flood couldn't stop Noah, and his own family couldn't stop Joseph, and 31 kings couldn't stop Joshua, and sickness couldn't stop Job, and being exiled on a deserted island couldn't stop John. What's it take to stop you? That would determine what kind of a man or a woman you are. What about Jesus? WWJD, preacher. Well, let's look at that for a while. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such adversity of sinners against himself. Consider Jesus, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Learning through adversity. Winston Churchill was asked to go to his, the college where he graduated and to give the, the graduation speech. And as that man who at that time was battling Adolf Hitler, and he wore in his suit coat pocket a telegram that Hitler sent to him that said, we will wring the neck of England like you wring the neck of a chicken. Every time he changed his suit, he put that telegram in that suit that he was wearing. Every time throughout the war, he had that telegram on his person. 
That man was in their finest hour. Churchill rose to the occasion for England and for the Western world. And as the graduating class and all the luminaries that are dignitaries that are there that day, he gets up on the platform, gets the microphone just right, clears his throat, and says, Never give up. Never give up. Never give up and exited off the platform and went and sat down. To this day, it's considered one of the finest graduation speeches that was ever given because they knew what the man was made of that gave the speech. Thank God for people that don't give up. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I am praying, God, that today, if not already birthed in their spirit, Lord, it is now growing within their spirit, this concept and reality of continuing on even when things are difficult, of learning through adversity. And God, as important as this is, and I'm praying everybody here gets a hold of it, Unfortunately, there'll be some that won't. But God, I pray that you give them another opportunity. And Lord, for those that are here this morning, never asked Jesus Christ to be their Savior. God, it all starts at the cross. You gave your son. He gave his blood. So our sins could be covered and dealt with. And if there's anyone here this morning that they'd want to say yes to you. Lord, give them the fortitude and the courage to take that stand and say, hey, I want Jesus in my life. I want him as my Savior. With every head, continue to be bowed. I'm going to ask if there's anyone here this morning that you never have asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, but something here today that you've heard, and the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart, You know and realize today could be your very day and you want Jesus to be your Savior. You're hearing the knock of God on your heart. Preacher, I don't know a whole lot about this. You couldn't have known known less than I did the night that I was saved. I just simply trusted in Jesus and he done the rest. If you're here this morning and you'd like to have Jesus to be your Savior, I ask you to raise your hand. Across this crowd, anybody here? Up in the balcony? Thank you. Anybody else? There's one hand. Anyone else? That guy that's raised his hand, that person's raised his hand. If he would, would you please stand? Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? We're going to give you time. Anybody else that wants to ask Jesus to be your Savior? If you would, sir, could you walk this way? Come on now. Everybody else, would you please stand? These altars are open. We're asking you to come forward for whatever your need is, and we're going to believe God for your need. Come right on. Come right on as they sing.
Kiefer is his name. Praise God. He asked Jesus to be his Savior today. Praise God. And let me add on that note, that man, he has, that young man has every much as right to take communion today as the person that's been saved in this building the longest. It's all about the grace of God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.